Nice. Got some big fish. Are you kidding me? Oh my god. This big mama came out. This is the biggest fish I've ever killed bullfish. Thumbs out. Buff salt, baby. <laughs> Good job. What a nice. Right here in the rock. Look, there's a big one. Nice job, Taylor. Get him, Smitty. Double up, baby. Hey. <laughs> There we go, we got two of them though. He's a good gator. He's a monster. A good gator. <laughs> wow. Love boat fish. Come here. Time for a free boat ride. Name Hey everybody. Welcome to the Bow Fishing Buzz. Presented by AMS Bowfishing and Mega Mouth Bowfishing sponsoring as well. My name is Matthew, and I'm here with D. Schmitty. Yep. Yep. And as you can see, right here, special guest. Special guest for the Bowfishing Buzz podcast, episode 35, Schmitty. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it's that many. Huh. Special guest, Miss Cindy Brown, president. Of AMS bow fishing. Yeah. She's been doing it way longer than most okay. of you out there listening. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> this is awesome to have you on, Cindy, because you've been involved with the sport of bow fishing for a long time. You're actually a pioneer of bow fishing. And there's really not a, a lot of the audience out there really doesn't know a lot about Cindy Brown and who she is. So we're excited to have you on and to hear some of your stories. Um, I was actually looking through a lot of the old photos and videos yesterday, getting pieces together for the YouTube version, which you're going to want to check out because there's going to be some awesome footage on there of uh, Cindy on her gator hunts, on uh, some older photos from years back when you shot your shark, uh, paddlefish, Texas gator garb, giant smallmouth buffs. So you're going to want to check that out on the AMS YouTube page as well because it's going to be pretty cool. We're going to have Cindy in action. I think what the cool thing about some of that footage, Matt, if, if some of our listeners are um, recent followers of AMS within the last, you know, five, six years, starting to, right. to watch or listen, I think there's going to be some footage on there that people haven't seen before. Exactly. And it's quality. It's grade A stuff. It's really good. Um, it's just, you know, back a little ways. It's, it's back a couple of years. We were recording with the old VHS tapes back oh then and gosh. stuff. So. Wow. The, 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 the footage is good. It's not like it is these days right, right. now. With it was good for its time. Great for its exactly, time. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So we're looking forward to having you on here, Cindy. Um, first, we're going to get into a little bit of uh, bow fishing news here. Um, Derek and I will actually be heading down to the Bass Pro U.S. Open Bow Fishing Championship at the end of the month. Uh, we're going to have a little booth there and stuff. So make sure to come on up and say hello to both of us. Yeah, and absolutely. talk and check out the gear and equipment and um, tell us where you're your hot spots are and how your scouting has been going for the big big tournament down there. And also like to give a hats out to uh, AMS Pro Staff Team, um, Captain Ryan Devine and Team Descalen. Uh, they won this past weekend's uh, Spawnathon tournament down in Kentucky uh, with a, a nice load of, uh, I think they had like close to 480 some pounds in their 20 um, fish. Looked like they were, a lot of them were smallmouth buffs. So that's the rest awesome. of them as well. So it's great guys. to see those guys doing good. They're a great team. They 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 do a lot of work. And I really wasn't sure what was going to happen going into the season with the captain Ryan Devine because last year when they had those horrific tornadoes down there, mm -hmm. 
he was actually at his oh, house right. yeah. with his wife and their kids. And um, they actually had to go down to the cellar, into the basement there, and the tornado completely wiped out their house. Um, that whole subdivision was completely wiped out. So I really wasn't sure what Ryan was going to do, but um, he's back doing what he does best with his team there. Those guys do a great job, so hats out to those guys as well. So um, I think we're going to get right into the podcast there. Absolutely. You know, yep. um, with Let's Cindy. get rolling. Um, so, Cindy, I think what we want to hear from you a little bit about who is Cindy Brown? How did you get involved in this bow fishing um, whole deal for so many years? And um, kind of a little bit about your background from years ago before you even really owned AMS bow fishing. So yeah. if you could just tell us a little bit about that, that would be awesome. Well, I don't know. Um, bow fishing has been a part of my life forever. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up with it. My dad um, invented the retriever reel when I was a kid, a pretty pretty small kid actually, um, and he would go out bow fishing and whatnot, and he'd bring back a load of carp. And I remember, st- well, I have pictures of me standing by him when I was about two years old. Oh my gosh! And he'd have wow. a, he'd have a load of carp, and me and my sister were about <laughs> the same size as the carp. Um, so you know, there's that. And then I was always into when I was also two years old. I was also the fisherman of the family, so I was always out sitting on the dock in my little life jacket with my fishing pole, trying to catch bluegills and crappies off the dock. Um, so I was always an outdoors girl um, yep, from yep. very little, um, but then my dad started, you know, tinkering with the retriever and fine-tuning his designs and whatnot. And so, of course, I ended up in the boat with him, and I was out there bow fishing and shot my first carp when I was probably seven or eight. I don't even, wow. I don't know, you know, I was young. Um, I had a little bear bow, you know, and mm-hmm. um, that's whatever. awesome. It was, it, and I've, I've been doing it ever since. So. Um, it's just, that, that's it's just really how cool. I grew up. That's really cool. Because when I think of Jack, your father, Jack Lassie, invented the retriever. I, when I think of Jack, I think of somebody that, whose mind is always working and yeah. trying to yeah. figure out tools. Because for those that don't know, your father, Jack Lassie, owns all metal stamping in Abbotsford. Right. And they do a lot of molding injections over there, a lot of stuff. Fire, for, fire door hardware, they make... Um, it's called vision panel frames. You'll see them a lot in hospitals. The metal okay. frames around um, lead line doors and whatnot. And they also made make hinges, and then they have a molding department as well. Right, right. So I always think of Jack as um, his mind is always working. Every time you talk to him, you can just see in his eyes that he's thinking about stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You his, know? his wheels are always, they always are. turning. They're always turning. And, and it was so cool, the story of how Jack would go out and, and start bow fishing. You guys had a cabin on Mead Lake in Wisconsin. And uh, you guys would go out, and he would go bow fishing, but he wanted something to bring his arrow back quicker. Right, 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 right. Yeah, he grew up on a farm, and I think he was—he'd tell stories a little bit that they'd go out and they'd tinker around in the creeks in the back or whatever, and they would shoot. They'd have coffee cans wrapped around their bow. Okay. And, you know. Yep. The inventor that he is—that was just never good enough. So he was always trying to improve that. So then, you know, as he was a kid, he would do that, and then as. He saw carp splashing around, I suppose, on Mead Lake. He thought, ah, oh, there's a better way. So yeah. always, there's always a better way. So hmm. That's very cool. Was there a point, Cindy, uh, what point in the, the design process of him building the retriever, like at what point did you guys think or Jack think like, wow, this could be turned into a business? Was there kind of a, a revolutionary, oh, my gosh, this could be a part of the outdoor industry that's missing, or did it just kind of eventually just kind of all fall into place? I kind of think it all fell into place. Like I said, he's kind of, he would just, he he sees a need and he kind of invents something to it. And then his strength really is in the invention of things, it seems. Yes. Um, yep. So he's, 
you know, he had he had that design and he, he fine-tuned it and we've fine-tuned it for years and whatnot, but it, it always was run as a secondary type, very small portion of what all metal stamping truly is. Sure. It's just this tiny little reel that really probably gave him more headaches than it did benefits at the right. time because mm-hmm. his focus really is the fire to hardware and the, the business that he runs, but the retriever was kind of maybe secondary, you know, a smaller sure. line. Sure, yep, yep. So. And, and back then... From what I understand, how the story kind of started was, your dad built the retriever for himself. Right. While he was out there shooting fish. Right. And some of his buddies that would go along with them were like, "Wow, where'd you get that? Where'd you yeah. get that? That's really cool." Yeah. And Jack's like, "Well, I made it, you yeah. know." Yeah. And so then they asked him, "Can you make us one of them?" Right. You know. Yeah. He was always. I remember this. There's two guys that frequented Mead Mead Lake. Um, Ron. Oh yeah. Ron and his yep. buddy Randy. Yep. Um, and once. Randy, I think, was putting riprap along our shoreline, and somehow they got to talking about bow fishing. My dad said, "Hey, hey, I have this, I have this reel. You should take it and try it out." <laughs> so he gave one to Randy, Randy on Mead Lake, um, and then that was so. Then Randy'd go around fishing, and then the next guy saw it, and then it was all a lot of word of mouth and yep. and hands on for a while, um, and then things just kind of took off, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yep. that's, that's cool. That's really cool. Um, because at first, I remember they were sold in little white boxes, mm-hmm. and it was a gold retriever. Yep. The the metal and stuff was all gold, and it had that little bottle on there. And those were just being sold pretty much just in some local archery shops right. in the beginning. Right. Yeah, they did what they could, you know, with what they had, I guess, at, at All Metal um, for that. Mm-hmm. They, they just sold real locally. They had a couple uh, sales rep groups. Well, one, actually, one oh, main wow. guy. That's cool. Um, but the... I remember my sister drew the envelope. She drew a little carp on our first mailing envelope, and oh we did gosh. a little telemarketing thing. And that's really neat. It just really started out pretty basic. Um, kind yeah. of, kind of funny actually thinking about it. But yeah, I don't know. Wow. So then let's move ahead in the years here. Um, you you graduated from Abbotsford High School, and then you went to college. Yeah. Correct. Uh, then I went to Eau Claire, okay. um, University of Eau Claire in Wisconsin. Um, I didn't quite know what I was going to do. I didn't know, you know, I was thinking about architecture. I was thinking about, I don't know, all kinds of things. And, of course, business management was one of them. Um, and I finally just settled on that. I thought, well, I don't know. I'd like to own an archery shop or something someday. <laughs> of, course, of course, it wasn't quite an archery shop at that time yet. I had to, I had to probably meet my husband and then get into hunting there. But um, I don't know. I always did. I always kind of felt like I wanted to run something someday, run really? a business of some sort. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And, um you married your high school sweetheart, yes. Jeff. You guys were together <laughs> since high school and stuff. Right. And uh, he, right now he's the the vice president right. of right. Uh, AMS Bullfishing here, and he does a great job. He actually had to quit his job. He was in computers, right? A computer tech, right? Yep. And things were rolling so good here. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here, but uh. things were kind of going so good here that he actually is working here full time now as well. So right. that's pretty cool that you married your high school sweetheart from back yeah. at Abbotsford High School, and. Um, you're working together and stuff. Um, so you you graduate from college. What was the next step? Because in 1997, is did you bring AMS bow fishing from Abbotsford to Stratford? Uh, yeah, that was when I moved here. But I graduated in 1994. Okay. 93, 94, somewhere in there. Um, and I was applying for jobs and whatnot, and I decided that, I kind of wanted to be part of the family business a little bit, and okay. my dad kind of needed somebody to to help there. So actually, I started working for All Metal Stamping, and I was in the shipping department. Oh. And I was 
I was the logistical person, but I was always, the retriever was always there, was sitting in its little white boxes. And it just drove me a little bit crazy that that thing was just sitting there. And I was the one in the whole place probably that was into into bow fishing and into the outdoors. So I, I just was kind of natural for me to keep gravi- gravitating toward it and wanting to do something with it. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to fiddle with it. I was helping them, I don't know, do, do whatever. I was just always trying to be involved with that. And eventually it just kind of, I just kind of took it over. Wow, that's just <laughs> really I, Not cool. quite took it over, but you know, I, it was kind of became my thing. And then people yeah. would start asking me the questions and how do we do this? And pretty soon I was in contact with the dealers and whatnot. And it, one thing led to the next, so. Hmm. So that was crazy. in Abbotsford mm-hmm. when that was doing. At that time, did you were you living in Stratford at that time? No. Nope. Um, for a while, while I was working at All Metal Stamping, I was actually, I was actually living at my parents' cabin in oh, on Mead Lake for okay. a couple of years, well, a year and a half. Jeff was going to school in Eau Claire also. He was a little bit behind me, so yep. he had to finish school. So he was going to the west, and I was driving to Abbotsford East. Um, so we lived there for a while, um, and then we moved to Dorchester, which is a dinky little town north of Abbotsford. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, there I I started assembling retrievers out of our apartment. Oh wow! Oh, so I had oh. a, I had some of those, wow. some of those tables that roll around the shop here. Now, yep. actually, the one that I was working on yesterday, I had to laugh because that was one of the stupid little tables that I oh, had in our cool. apartment. Wow. Um, I would sit there and build retrievers and. And at that time, is that's all it was at, at that time? At that right? time, that's all we made was the retriever. The right? three ten retriever. The three ten retriever, and then we would box them up in the little white boxes and ship them out. So, that old 310 boy, that thing was a tank. It was, it was that a tank. That thing for was sure. a tank. It, right. you, could, you couldn't break that thing. Really? It was unreal. Yeah. Huh. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Wow. So, so you were boxing those all up in your house, working on them. Are you building them there too? Or are you assembling them? I was assembling them there. Assembling I, I was, them there? It was actually, that was more the assembly, actually. Okay. I said that wrong. So yeah, I'd be assembling them at, at the apartment, and then I'd take the bodies to the shop, and then we'd box them up and ship them at the shop. Wow. Yeah. That's so. cool. And are you. Are you doing any bow fishing during oh, this yeah. time? Well, <laughs> we always got out to do a little bit of bow fishing. At that time, I think it was more local. We didn't do a lot of big trips or mm-hmm. anything. Always Mead Lake, and really, it was always over there. We didn't, you know, now we fish the Old Plain quite often, and yep. we've got a few other favorite lakes now, but it was always the Old Plain. My dad had a little lake north of Thorpe that he would go to, and there was always big monster carp in there, if you could catch them, if you could catch the timing it right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was also the Black River that we would also float. We'd put, um, we yeah. had those two orange Coleman canoes. That's like my, one of my better, or my biggest memory, I guess, is we'd always put those goofy Coleman canoes together. We'd tie them together with two, <laughs> two by 12 pieces of lumber, front and back. And then my dad had a rudder made in the back so that the, okay. that the back end would always trail properly. Mm-hmm. And we'd mount a little minkota trolling motor up to the front and we'd drag those canoes off of a snowmobile trailer down the bank and into the water and we'd be standing up there on on the planks that was our that was our platform up there and we'd we'd float the river is there footage of this contraption anywhere i have some pictures oh my gosh i would love to to see that cindy yeah I still have the rudder, and it's it's not. Wow. And you should every time I see a Coleman canoe, no matter where it is or garage sale or whatever, I always oh, I gotta buy that. I should buy one because I can rebuild it. And Jeff always rolls his eyes and thinks I'm crazy, but that's nothing new. That is um, really cool. So you would float the river. Yeah. So would you park a vehicle at a certain bridge and then park yeah. another vehicle? And it was always of... a big coordinated event. Okay. You had to have your friend, family, whoever. Somebody would have two people have to drive, and you drop off your 
pickup vehicle and then you drive around where you take off and launch put your boats in float your four-hour float and oh wow um, yeah, it was a four about four miles four hours um but we had on just crazy stupid cool things that happen Great every memories. time on those, on those trips yeah yeah sometimes the water be too high sometimes it'd be too low right. when it's too low you have to dr get out and drag your canoes Sometimes there'd be trees down. You'd have to drag your canoes up and over the trees. Sometimes a raccoon climbed up a tree and he was up there clunking around like he was drunk. He was just up there clumsier than clumsy, falling through the branches. Like, my God, what is that raccoon doing? And finally he fell down and thumped. thumped oh, my the gosh. oh, my gosh. Um, once a farmer came out, he was looking for a calf. Did you guys see a calf anywhere in here? And, you know, just weird, just weird, goofy things, but... What kind of uh, fish sometime. were you shooting? <laughs> Actually, <clears throat> it's kind of funny. We'd always take our bow fishing equipment, but the fishing on the river was quite terrible. There'd be little oh. dinky little six inch, we call, we call them stripers. I don't even know what they were, but they're these skinny little fish that just, they hug the rocks and they just zip, 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 zip. Um, was there, there any carp in there? Once I think we saw a carp, but there was always suckers and red horse. Okay, gotcha. All right. But we were lucky if we got one fish. One time we did get 16 fish that was like our biggest that was our record it's ever. crazy that you remember that exact number no, it was 16 absolutely <laughs> that's cool yeah it was 16 and it was it was like un, an unbelievable trip on the on the black river because we've you know you get one or two if you're lucky and yeah most of the fun was really just floating the river but but we we're always shooting, shooting that's really cool too. so when when did you move to stratford um in 1997 i guess okay. is when we moved to stratford um we, I was doing the work again out of the house, um, and we were planning on building a shed for to, so I could work in the shed and you know can just this make this my business or my this my this was gonna be my job. Jeff was gonna be the IT guy, and I was just gonna, you know, run run AMS the AMS side of things while I, yep. while I could I guess. Um, so we built, bought a house on a 16 acres, and then we built our shop. That year, that fall, and we were in there. I was in there working, but. So were the sheds, you had the house built, were the sheds back there no, built already no, this time? No, nope, the house, just... we bought it, it was an established house, it was our, the house was already there. Okay. Um, but right. then we, we just knew that we had to build a shed, it was going to be a 40 by 80 shed in the backyard where I could punch bottles and, and assemble <laughs> retrievers and put some line in them and yep. box them up and ship them out. So are you doing this all by yourself or do you have people working yeah, for you? Yeah, no, it was all me. Um, for a couple of years I did it all by myself. That year actually then we had our first child, Sawyer. Um, so that slowed things sure. down a little bit, but then he also was my little helper in the shop. I'd, I'd bring him up there and put him in a, put him, <laughs> I'd put him in a 24 unit box on the shelf and there's my, <laughs> there's my kid up there with me shipping. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> wow. So yeah, I would, he'd, he'd hang out up there with me for a while and then, uh, then we started to get more and more busy Then the kids, then I had Sierra, then, then the kids started to get to be a little bit too much. So I had a. A little helper come in with the kids and then pretty soon that wasn't enough and i told jeff either either you come <laughs> home and help me or i'm gonna have to hire somebody because this is getting to be too much and so pretty soon we decided to, to come cool. home and help that's hmm. cool when did you start adding more bow fishing gear um just besides the retriever you know when when do you, do you remember when that like when you started adding arrows and points yeah. and started building those it was a couple of years in. Pretty much the first couple of years, we just focused on the retriever. But then, okay. but then it was obvious that we needed to have more. So, yep. I I think we went to arrows first. Um, then we probably designed the arrow rest. We had a the channel the channel rest. Mm -hmm. um, 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then whatever. We developed into more, into bigger and better things. Sure, I guess, so. sure. Hmm. That's very cool. So Just a little a side note with that. Yeah. People listening don't know this. We know it. But I went to school with Sawyer. Right. We were in the same grade at, at little St. Joe's school. And I remember Sawyer always talking about this crazy sport. <laughs> Because I love to hunt and fish, and he's talking about shooting fish with a bow and arrow, and I always thought that was so, like, wow, that's like the perfect combination of the two. Yeah. And I remember when I was a little Schaefer. <laughs> Sawyer and I were good friends in right. school. You guys took right. me out a couple times. Right. We have pictures the, of that. Yep, yeah. I know that picture. I'm holding that mm -hmm. fish with the gaff. Yep. I'm wearing a designated hitter, long sleeve shirt. <laughs> See, and you remember stuff? I do. That. I yeah. totally do. And I remember the first night we went out, I did not shoot a fish, and we went out the next day, and I shot a fish, but it got off, and I was just, I was ruined. <laughs> and Jeff shot one, and he let me hold it and take a picture, and I remember being like, oh, my gosh, yeah. this is crazy. Sure. This is, it wasn't even the fish I shot, so, yeah, yeah just a little <laughs> side story there. It, it was so cool. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. So when did you start hiring or needing employees? And I know a lot of people also worked a lot um, – part-time at their own homes yeah. assembling and putting like slide kits together and stuff like yeah. that um kind of right away I guess I was assembling retrievers for a while and then it, I realized pretty quickly that it I was too busy for that so I had to have help for that yeah. so actually there was a, a lady from all metal stamping that previously did it before I kind of got in there um but then I asked her if she wouldn't mind helping again so she started assembling out of her home um and then I could focus on you know, finishing that off and boxing mm -hmm. things up and whatnot. Um, so then, you know, Jeff was there for, I don't even know, a year or so, and then we needed more help and a little bit more help. So it it just kept developing into needing a little more help. Yeah. So yep. as yep. we as we grew and got busier and added more products, I guess, um, we were focused on the product de development then and, then, and then we needed help with the production side of things. Right, right. So I think it's, everything is going very well. You're very busy. Now you're selling to more places than just your local archery shops here in Wisconsin. Right, Are you right. starting to sell out of state then? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Then we were out of state. Um, yeah, and then kind of around throughout the country, and you know we were we were starting to get definitely busy enough to have a, a few extra people to help. So wow. And that was out of the, the. I remember the the small little shop behind your house up there. Yeah. It wasn't small, but for all the stuff that was in there, I mean. Yeah. Well, we had how many on, times did we, we add, we add on? on three times? <laughs> yeah, so we had the forty by eighty shed, and then we added on fifty feet that was forty by one hundred and thirty, and then we doubled that one year, and we added the office on the other side, and then eventually that still wasn't enough, so we had to build a we built the shop in the back, way back yeah. for the personal stuff, I guess, so that the the sheds could be the the business. Yeah, and then you showed up somewhere in there, Matt. I did. And speaking of those orange canoes, your wife did go down the river with me in those orange yes, canoes. Yes, I, I, I have I remember her talking about that. Yeah, and I remember pictures of her at your cabin. Right, right. On so Mead we're Lake. All some kind of we're kind of small small town USA here, everybody. Right, so, right. That's yeah. cool. The funny That's part cool. is, Cindy, is um, so you and my wife were very good friends. Right. You stood up with each other in, in weddings and stuff like that. There, right. you knew each other for a long time. Yeah. And I remember Julie, before I even was working at AMS, I remember her bringing the AMS safety slides home. Oh. <laughs> and she was she would do that at nighttime. She would pack She'd those pack up. She would pack them for us. 
And that's when yeah. we had that little heater th heat gun and we had to heat crimp the, oh, the sure. plastic on there and wow. stuff. So Julia was doing work for, for you guys yep. Yep. Um, a long time ago. And I remember she came home one day and she goes, man, they're getting really busy. Cindy needs some more help. And I'm like, hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Matt's, Matt's been around a long time too. Fif 15 years this year. 15 years, yeah. yeah. And Derek, yeah. what are you? You're five something, aren't you? I'm going on, if, in June seven. it'll be seven. seven. Wow. Okay. I know. Very yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I was nine years old when Matt started working here. <laughs> Just to throw that out for everybody. Oh, that see all that gray sad. hair right there? <laughs> oh, funny. That's really cool. So I just want to look back at some of this. I have some dates here, Cindy. Um, 2003 and 2006, you are shooting Stingrays okay. in Virginia. Yep, we went out to right. Virginia. 2003, you shot your first paddlefish bow fishing. Wow. Right. I mean, in South Dakota. So you're shooting stingrays and paddlefish before a lot of people even know what bow fishing is. Right. Yeah. And you're yeah. out there on the water doing this. Right. Um, 2004, you went to Louisiana with a women's outdoor group. Was yeah, that? Yeah, I had met a couple ladies at a, another women's archery hunt that we, we kind of hit it off or whatever, and I invited them to go down to shoot some fish in Louisiana. That's um, really cool. Yeah, the shark. Yeah, that's right. The shark trick was before then, right? But because really back then we're talking about a totally male dominate sport. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yep. I mean, so when I look at a lot of the pictures of you bow fishing with your 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 um, the fish that you had shot. It's you, mm -hmm. and then like four guys or five guys or six guys right. in the background or holding up their fish too. Right. So you have never felt intimidated doing that stuff because I can I see what you do. <laughs> I mean, if you don't know Cindy, she'll jump in an excavator and she'll move dirt. <laughs> oh yeah, she's Absolutely. out there building. I mean, backing yeah. backhoes and doing a, lot, a ton of. Uh, sled dogs. Yeah, I mean, I do that you, too. You run I did sled. That, yeah. You did that. You used to have um, how many dogs did you have at one time? I'd say an average of twenty, but at one time I did have 30, 30 yep. dogs. And you would puppies. run them. Um, yeah, you had your sled. I would run them with the dogs. So I would train yep. them in the fall, and we'd hook up eight, ten, twelve dogs to my four wheeler, and I'd run in the fall and go around the the land there, and I had permission to run the neighbors, and then I'd get them on the sled in the winter, and my daughter and I would go. Dog sledding. That's we, cool. We have eight. We have each so many dogs. You need that because yeah. you've got. We had two mushers, me and my daughter, and I'd always take ten dogs. She's she'd take eight. So always we needed eighteen to twenty dogs wow. for solid mm. teams. And then if we had any youngsters that we wanted to train up, they needed to be there too. So and Jeff and Sawyer, they were always in charge of grooming trails and setting the trail with the snowmobile. So that was their job. And Sierra and I did the dogs and the scooping poop and feeding and all that business. That's cool. so. Yeah, everyone had a role. Yeah, right. everybody yep. had a job right. to do. We always had jobs. But, yeah. So getting uh, back to the bow fishing part of it here, this this one here I think is so cool. In 2005, you went to Louisiana and you shot a shark. Yeah. I mean, just think about that. In 2005, you went and shot a shark. Like I said before, a lot of people even knew what bow fishing was. Right. Yeah. And you right. were shooting stingrays and shark and going to Louisiana bow fishing and shooting paddlefish. That's just unreal. That, that, that's so cool, you yeah. know. Um, 2007, 
you went to Texas and you shot some giant smallmouth buffs. I remember there was a picture of you holding yeah. like a big 50, 50, 50 plus. Some 52, I think it was 50 yeah. pounds, yeah. Just a giant buff. And then you went back down there in 08 and shot an alligator. Or no, in 08, you went to Florida and shot an alligator. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that had to be pretty cool to. Yeah, the gator hunt, that was that was great. It was I shot a 10-foot-4 gator. It yeah. Just, it just all worked out. I know it was perfect. It was kind of, it's just, all of those things are just unique experiences that you I don't know. They're just kind of priceless, really. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. But but for a lot of you that are out there listening, you know, just think about what Cindy was doing. Yeah. You know, she's she's making the bow fishing gear. She's shooting. You know, these you know these are these aren't carp. You yeah, know, these aren't right. your run around carp. You know, she's shooting sharks, stingrays, and alligator gar and and stuff. And that's that's really cool because, you know, I really believe that you, Cindy, are actually one of the great pioneers. For the sport of bowfishing, for everything that you have done for the sport, um, I would have really liked to see you get into the Bowfishing Association Hall of Fame. I think you belong in there. You know, I think your dad belongs in there as well because he's a pioneer of the sport of bowfishing, and I think that would be a great honor. And I think you're well deserved of that as well, Cindy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of the things. You know, I remember from like <clears throat> 2004 to 2008, you were always going over to Minnesota. Yeah. At Lino Lakes, I think it was. In Lino or Lino. Whatever. Lino or something like that there. <laughs> funny, yeah. And taking a, a bunch of, it was a kids' bow fishing event, oh, and right. you were yeah, a huge we, supporter of that. It was a special day that we always set aside to go take out boatloads of kids. It was yep. with a great oh, group. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, yep. And you, you're you always so involved <clears throat> with the youth. You started, you know, here in Stratford, you started the EPOC, the Old Plain Outdoors Club, and the Stratford NAS, NAS program. programs. Right. You guys started all that stuff out. So you love the kids' involvement, the youth involvement in the sport of bow fishing. Um, I know every time I come to Cindy and I say, hey, Cindy, there's this this guy's looking for, you know, you got a little youth event coming up. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, make, help them right. out and stuff like that right. there. Get them set up. Um, <clears throat> so I think, you know, what you have done for the sport is just unreal. Um, I think it's awesome. And I don't think a lot of people really appreciate what you do because they really don't see a lot of Cindy Brown when it comes to bullfishing because what do you guys like to do on the weekends? Well, <laughs> we, we definitely used to, we always were out hunting, hunting, fishing, doing whatever. But now as we getting a little older, um, it's, we just like to go up north and, and chill. And yeah. this is all great and we love what we do and whatnot, but... Sometimes you need to get away from it too a little bit. Right. So we do. We just go up north and chill and come Absolutely. back down and put in another week. You Absolutely. Know? So it's, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, it's just how it is. But yep. yeah. Because we had a tug on your arm for four <laughs> years. We finally got you in here to the Bowfishing Buzz podcast. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't really like to be front and center. That's for sure. So this is this is hard for me. <laughs> yep. It's but good. no. It's I got right. a couple questions for you, Cindy. Just okay. I wrote some stuff down. If we could go through these quick. Did you ever see? Both the sport of bow fishing and the company AMS Bow Fishing blowing into what it is today. Did you ever predict that it could be as big as it is right now? No, I really, I really didn't. I thought that when I started out, I thought this would be a great little thing for me to do. I can raise my kids. I can work out of the home and have the kids, and that's sure. That's all it's going to be is this little, little in my backyard business. Um, but no, one year led to the next, and one every year we did probably added an employee. So. Um, yeah, things just kind of kept developing, and 
Mm, yeah, that's awesome. Because mm-hmm. yeah, now we're we're sending out all. I always think it's crazy. People at shows and stuff, Matt. I'm sure you hear it, Cindy. You probably hear it too. People always ask, you know, oh, you guys have to be a humongous company, and we really don't have for as much product as we assemble and ship out. We're rather small we are. in the big scheme of things, yep. and that's so cool oh, that no. it stayed. You know, right here in Stratford, I've always thought that that's there's a lot of pride that uh, went into developing the business. Yep, yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. I can remember um, building arrows back on at the the old shop. And I remember building these arrows, and I remember this is like when I first, like my first year, yeah. half a year into, and I was we were building arrows with Bernice. Bernice was a big <laughs> arrow builder back in the day, right. and I remember building these arrows. And I'm thinking, man, these are going into Bass Pro shops. Mm-hmm. I better make these look nice and fancy, and make sure that the clams are all nice and you oh, know, yeah. even and stuff. And and for me to know that we were building something that was going into a Bass Pro shop, so I'm like, oh my gosh, this is. The this real really deal. Cool. Yeah, yeah. 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 We're not messing around here. No. We're real now. Yeah. I mean, this is, we were, <laughs> you know, we were real, time. but this yeah. is, this big is exciting time. to me. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Cindy, if you could tell first year business owner, Cindy Brown, one piece of advice based off of what you know now, what would it be? I don't know. Um, it's kind of a loaded question. Gotta, you just got to follow, follow your gut and do what's right. Um, you know, I never really thought it would grow and I just ran the business like I would expect a business to be run if, if yeah. your customer needs something the customer needs something take care of them and you know there's really no question you just just you just did what you needed to do to to do it right yeah. and um i'm not really i'm not one for cutting corners and if it's not right fix it um yep you know you probably you probably mm-hmm. have seen that attitude um but you know it's just 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 do do what you think is is the best and the right way to go yeah yeah, right. Follow your gut. Follow your gut, really, yeah. and, awesome. just, and yeah. just just roll. Yeah, you know. And one of the things that I know you're very proud of is um, we we build a lot of our products right here in house. Right. And know you're proud to put that American flag on your right. on your catalogs and to keep business right here. Right. You know. Right. Definitely. Um, because and we can ship out stuff so much faster that way. Also, we don't right. we're not relying on stuff coming from overseas. Right. And I guess that's that's one thing. I guess. As far as that goes, when we started out and we were small, and actually when we started to get into arrows, I have this image in my mind of that fixture that we built to handle the sloppy points that we were buying from a different manufacturer because at the time we weren't manufacturing our own points. Right, okay. So we had to build this fixture to hold the oversized points so that the arrows would line up center in the things. And so as we were starting to use everybody else's junk, to say it (laughs) bluntly, that just wasn't good enough. And I'm like, well... I can't deal with this. We can't deal with this. Our customers shouldn't deal with this. So that's also the attitude, I guess, that I have is that, you know, make it right. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that's that's where things just developed and mm-hmm. you just, you're so much more in control of quality, perfect product when you can right. handle it yourself. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, and no build it yourself and have it in your own shop. Absolutely. Yep. That, yep. that outlook on it, I think, has, is the biggest reason why AMS bow fishing is what it is today. Personally, I think yeah. that that's, that's yep. huge. Um, We've got a lot really cool. of, like you said, the quality control. Yeah, yeah. We can go out there and look at specs. You know, you can look right. at specs out of every part that's coming, being right. pumped out. Yeah. Right. Yep. And measure Absolutely. all the stuff. Um, we talked about a lot of really cool memories that you had, Cindy, through the last couple decades of, of doing this. Does any one specific memory or highlight stick out to you? Like when you think back <laughs> of, on everything that you could would like to share? Oh, I don't know. Um the stupid orange Coleman canoes okay. always come in my mind. So that is my bow fishing, whether it was bow fishing or not, memory that 
that was it, um, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I guess all of it. It's just a, it's been, definitely been an adventure and still is an adventure. And that's just, yep. you know, every year we, we come up with something. Sure. Right? Yeah. Something to do, some fish if, to chase, whatever. If you only had an idea of how many smiles, <laughs> <laughs> you just think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Over all these yeah. years with the retriever and mm-hmm. bow fishing, and how many smiles you have put on a, a kid's face, an yeah, adult's guess, face, yeah. after they shot their first fish bow fishing, that's pretty. That's yeah. pretty crazy. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, millions. That's millions. Millions. Yeah. 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 Probably millions. I'm yeah. sure millions. Yeah. Surely, for sure. Wow. Yeah. You know, another yeah. thing when you think about AMS bow fishing is. When you when somebody calls here for a question or they have an issue or they they can't figure something out and they call us, they're not being when when the phone picks up they're not it's not a, a recording, know, recording of something right right, right 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 you're talking to one of the ladies in the office or, or somebody else right away yeah right. you're talking and, to the people who assemble and build the product and use the product absolutely <laughs> yeah that's huge I mean yeah. customer service here you know I see that a lot in a lot of the comments and reviews. Is a customer service. I think that's one thing that you're also right. proud of also. Right. Everybody's you know? kind of got hands-on experience and right. knowledge of the product like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Well, Cindy, do you have anything else that you would like to add to the Bowfishing Buzz podcast? Um, so many years in the business. And like I said, I think you are a pioneer of this sport of bowfishing. Yeah. No doubt about that. I just, I guess... Just thanks to everybody that supported us over <laughs> sure. the years. Um, yep. You know, we're, we're always here. We've been here, and we, we're going to keep being here. So just appreciate everything that you've – everybody's done for us. Um, yeah. And we'll keep we'll keep trying to provide to, for everybody else. So That's right. Well, thank you for joining sure. us mm-hmm. on the Bobishing Buzz podcast. And with that, Schmitty, um, we got anything else to, to finish out the old podcast? Well, I'll tell you what, Matt. We do – these last couple of weeks we've been doing the quote – Oh, oh boy, that's right. In the boat that's little right. segment here. So let me find my little quote here. <laughs> I think you're going to like this one. I Am I going to have a like chance it. to know this um, one? I'm just going to tell you this right now. This might give it away a little bit. You should guess very easily who said this quote. Okay. Okay? All right. Okay. So the quote today, some people want it to happen, some wish it would happen, and others make it happen. Who do you think said that quote? I'm going to... And this goes perfectly with having Cindy on because she made it happen. All right? Oh, boy. Let's just see if Matt can guess who had that quote. Was that your basketball player? No. 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 I'm going to need another clue. Um, It's your basketball player. Well, it was a basketball player then. Yeah, it wasn't my basketball player. Oh, that's MJ. It was Michael Jordan. MJ. Absolutely. The he, goat. That his... That's the real goat, folks. Okay. <laughs> well, we won't. that's a whole other topic podcast. there that we could get into. <laughs> yes, Michael Jordan. Now, Matt, how can you relate that to the sport of bow fishing, that quote? I'm going to say that that can be um, related to bow fishing looking into tournaments. Okay. All right. You make things happen in a tournament. Um, decisions are made, you know. That could make or break your night. That can make or break, exactly. Yeah. Do we stay? Do we move? Do we go to a different lake? Do we run, you know, over here? Do we leave these fish and go try to find bigger fish? I think that quote has a lot to do with bow fishing and never giving up. I know a couple of years ago we were shooting in the Bass Pro US Open, and we had two fish in the barrel at midnight. Ooh. <laughs> That's not good. No. No. 
we had to make a we had to make a call. You know, what do we do? Yeah. And we made a decision. Uh, we went um, and we shot some fish, and we ended up taking fourth place. Oh wow! In the U.S. Open that year, from having two fish in the boat at midnight to finishing in fourth place. I mean, it's a big tournament. You know, did you make a, a big run, or did you totally change tactics to do that? Or we changed tactics. Okay. Didn't make a big run. Stayed on the same lake. Okay. But we changed tactics. And tried something different. Sure. And it paid off. And that's never, you know, not really giving up. You, you made it, made it happen. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Like the quote from the last time I told you how we kind of gave up and didn't yep. do sure. our part. This is the other this way is around. The opposite way around. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's how I think that could be associated with bow fishing is never give up. You never know what's going to happen. A lot of times fish can move in well after midnight to sure. certain flats, certain shorelines, certain feeding habitats, sure. barometric pressure. A lot of things can change. And you got to stick with it. You'd be surprised at what might happen if you're thinking about giving up. Yeah. And sticking with it. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was wrapped in very well. Ooh, man. And that, like you said, this was not scripted. No, this is every – I never tell Matt who or what the quote is. It's all on the spot. Yeah, so. this is right off the – That's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Well, Matt, I think we can get now into our product highlight. All right. Uh, all with right. the season heating up, um, I think a great product highlight would be our Watermock Recurve bow that we saw nice, here at AMS. Nice, beautiful, sleek-looking little yep, recurve. Yep. Go retro with this sleek takedown recurve bow. The Watermock got its name from the combination of all of its great features. High performance, lightweight, water-resistant, sleek, quick, and snappy are just a few of its features that show this bow is made for bow fishing and life on the water. Quick takedown, fully laminated limbs, powder-coated riser, Flemish bowstring, a few of the specs. It's 45 pounds of draw weight at 28 inches of draw. Tip to tip, it's 58 inches. Brace height of seven and three quarter. String length is 54 inches. There's a there's a video out there, Matt. We did this two years ago. You set up the water mock at the boat landing, and within 10 minutes, we yep. were shooting fish with the water mock. Yep. You took it straight out of the package. I did. And set it up, and we were shooting fish with it 10 minutes later. Yes, we were. It was a good good little bow to get. Um, it's awesome. It works great. Love it. Yeah. It's a beautiful, yeah. so beautiful, check it out. beautiful little setup right check here the at AMS Boat Fishing and the Water Mock. So from all of us at AMS Bullfishing, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. And if you hear a big clunking that was in the background, that was me knocking over my my water container here. <laughs> Sorry about that. I looked up and I saw my camera had stopped running. I was panicking. <laughs> so I had to get up and thank gosh we got a backup camera on here to get the end of this podcast rolling here. <laughs> but no, thanks to you everybody for listening to the Bullfishing Buzz podcast presented by AMS Bullfishing and... Mega Mouth Bullfishing. From all of us at AMS Bullfishing, we wish you the best of luck. Remember, aim low, think big. Thanks for listening, everybody. Everybody.